Hey friends, and welcome to episode five of the Teaching Academy. I'm your co-host, Brady, and I am joined by the outstanding individual that I can have the pleasure of following my co-host, Parker. Parker, how are you doing today, buddy? Uh, I'm doing well, man. I feel like eventually you're going to run out of ways to introduce me, but I'll take every single one. No, things are good. Been a, been a hectic, busy week, but uh, it was a good one. Got a lot done. Students were, were enjoying themselves, at least I hope they were, and it was a, a super eventful week as well. How are you, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, you know what? It's funny because I actually, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I actually do not prepare what I'm going to say for you. And I know oh. I don't even remember to say, like, I don't even remember to think about that. And then right as I do the intro, I'm just like, I have to think of the spot. Like, oh, you know, what can I think about Parker right now? I was like, oh, well, he's outstanding. <laughs> it was easy. It's easy. <laughs> oh, you're a um, clown. But I'm doing good. Uh, I was a little sick on the weekend, which kind of sucks. So we're just kind of bouncing back from that. But the week's been awesome. We've been we've been continuing our our skipping unit, which has been just a blast. Like I just I've been having such a good time with them. Like the kids are doing awesome and like skipping is like one of the things that like I feel like kids can get better at like pretty fast. Right. So like it's just been so so sick to like see like some kids like just get so much better and it's just yeah. I don't know, it's so rewarding it's unreal but are you still doing your badminton unit are you done no yeah you we just finished it we, yeah we just finished it we're doing uh with both my classes i i just find it's a little bit easier to kind of run with the same thing for my my different grades obviously gear it towards their skill level but uh right now we're just doing like a hand um a ball games unit so we're mixing in some handball we're mixing in some speed ball uh spike ball all that fun stuff so kind of just a a whack of different things really focusing on those kind of uh, manipulative skills and locomotor skills and whatnot but it's been it's been fun i love it i love kind of getting into some handball and uh spike ball against some against some middle school kids like to show my dominance <laughs> out there in up. the athletic uh, field but uh yeah today's yeah. another big episode eh it's another big episode now before we get to the big episode um i forgot to do it last time and Parker thankfully remembered. But I do want to say thank you so much for one, our listeners. Okay. We always, I always want to give a shout out to our listeners. You guys are the best. The fact that we've continued to kind of get these listens. I don't even want to talk about it that much because we talk about it all the time. Right. We just toot our horn. And I'm sure you guys are so tired of hearing it. But thank you so much for listening. Um, thank you so much to Ben Landers for coming on last week. That was, that was unreal for a first interview. Like, that was, oh, it was unbelievable. So, Thank you for everyone for the support. That's all I want to say. I'm, I'm done. Let's stop. That's it. You're done. Okay. But, well, I like to toot my own horn, so we can keep doing it, but uh, we probably should move on. But we got to... Uh, really good. You did so good. You were really thanks, good last man. podcast. Thanks, man. So are you. Like, we... I think we both just killed it. We both I agree. Just killed it. I think we were, we were just buzzing from the interview. We were so yeah. happy. Our first we interview, we, we, we slayed we it. I believe think. it. And for our listeners out yeah. there, you would be shocked to hear, but... Not only have we secured another interview this week, we've actually secured two. We've secured we, two. <laughs> we went from being so unorganized to we we didn't plan anything. We couldn't plan an interview. We couldn't even <laughs> plan an interview with our, our roommate if we tried. And now here we are with two people, two people on the same episode and two like amazing people. Like I where what has happened to us, Parker? I don't even yeah. know. What to say? No idea. I wish I was this prepared for teaching every day, but uh, guess I'll save my uh, work right. for the pod. 
<laughs> I wish I was just prepared for life yeah. in general, honestly. But no, it's a it's a great podcast. Uh, it's a great podcast. <laughs> I was just toot my own horn again. Um, no, it's a great interview. That's what I meant to say. Um, and I am so 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 excited to get to it. Yeah, I guess uh, we probably don't want to take too much time, but uh, really, I guess the yeah. the kind of biggest thing is wow, we got to hear from two pretty incredible people who we'll introduce when the interview comes up, and it was just such mm. a I don't know great experience. I got to hear some different perspectives on uh, physical education and get to learn some things from teachers who aren't even really from Canada or they're not really, they are not from Canada, which is really cool. And I, I, it allows <laughs> Brady, really. not really. It allows Brady and I just to diversify <laughs> uh, our, our knowledge and our expertise. It's like crazy because like we are doing this podcast to help others, right. To like give advice, but like we're doing these interviews and like, <laughs> like I'm learning so much. Like I like forget that we're doing a podcast like in my head. I'm like, Oh, they're just telling me, what to do i'm like oh this is amazing um so the listeners like i'm sure you'll love it like it's there's so much good advice so many good ideas um it's amazing it's amazing i don't know if we should really waste that much more time um so parker if you want to jump into our wonderful advertisement read yeah before i even go into our uh our first partnership brady now we got like a little fun meeting coming up next week uh, with a potential Jeez. potential new partnership that sounds yeah. pretty promising and sounds pretty legit uh, to say we're excited is an understatement. So who knows? Maybe episode six, we uh, we got two partnerships. But as of right now, you know what ours is. It is our lovely friends over at Eduporium. Eduporium is an online reseller of a huge variety of educational technologies, STEM tools, makerspace equipment, and a lot more. What sets them apart is their one-stop shopping experience for educators. Basically, you can get EdTech tools from dozens of different manufacturers, including many of the top STEM brands like Wonder Workshop, MakerBot, BeBot, and many more in one place. They also accept purchase orders and offer an educator discount, giving those in the education community access to the most affordable prices. You can check them out at www.eduporium.com Follow them at Eduporium or explore their blog and other resources like a monthly ed tech grant for teachers. To learn more about their offerings for U.S. educators, follow them in the mentions previous. Thank you so much, Eduporium. Thank you so much. I so appreciate the support, love. Uh, it's amazing. It's so nice uh, to kind of have that uh, connection and that partnership so it's uh, it's awesome so i think we'll go we'll go on to the the uh the interview portion of the interview or the oh that's embarrassing oh, the wow. interview portion of the wow. interview you have to just scratch this episode i just was like I, you you read your ad read so well my head is in shambles <laughs> um well, let's go to the interview portion of the podcast um we are joined by two amazing individuals. Uh, I, I, they're amazing. Everything they have to say is awesome. You're going to want to listen to this one. Um, we talk about their intros. We talk about everything about them in the podcast, all the advice. It is amazing. Okay, so please uh, buckle in, uh, get ready, and please give a warm welcome to our two guests, Kyle Bragg and Derek 
Beal. Hey friends, we are so stoked to introduce you to two wonderful guests that we are going to be talking with over the next little bit here. Brady and I, uh, we we came prepared once again and we're able to get, to line up some interviews. So I think we're finally kind of figuring out this podcast gig. But finally. Uh, yeah, finally. But we got to start off with some introductions here to let you know who we're talking to and give you a little insight onto them before we get going. So the first person I want to talk about who we are stoked to hear from is Kyle Bragg. Kyle Bragg is the 2021 National Elementary PE Teacher of the Year, as well as a National Board Certified Teacher. He's the Advocacy Chair for the Arizona Health and Physical Education Association. He received his bachelor's degree at Illinois State University and his master's degree from Nova Southeastern University. Kyle integrates both technology and social-emotional learning to create developmentally appropriate lessons, which allow students to experience success and improve their physical literacy. You can follow him on Twitter at LMPE1. And now I will introduce our second guest. And I know it's hard to believe that we went from not being able to get any guests to now we have two at once. Uh, so we've come a long way. Uh, but our second guest is Derek Beal. Uh, he's been teaching elementary physic physical education for five years now, uh, four years in Illinois. And now he teaches three-year-olds up to eighth grade in Rochester, New York. Also, he moonlights as an adjunct lecturer at the college at Blackport, where he has taught elementary activities. And this fall, we'll be teaching technology in PE. So super interesting stuff. Uh, Derek is someone who is passionate about uh, intentional teaching, SEL, and technology. He's happy to share and give back to the community that has helped him so much. You can follow him at Mr. Beals, P-E, so M-R-B-I-E-H-L-S. PE. So thank you so much for coming on, guys. How are you doing today? I'm doing Derek, good. I don't know about you. That was, the intro was just way, way nice. I have, I don't <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We need you guys to write that up for us. We, we like to treat it. We like to treat our guests well here. You know, we're a very established uh, podcast. <laughs> and we got, we got you can make it your... Right. You can make it your ringtone. <laughs> well, I know I, I listened to you the other day with uh, my friend Ben Landers, who who's an awesome, awesome teacher, and I just happened to, mm -hmm. you know, anytime he talks, I want to listen. So uh, I'm glad yeah. I was able to reach out and connect with you guys to, to chat with you more. But uh, yeah, we're happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate you, I mean, one, listening, but reaching out. And to have you guys both on is just amazing. You know, we're first year teachers, so to have any kind of people of your statue like come on and it's it's amazing it helps a lot so uh kyle how's how's your week going so far how's the teaching good it's, it's interesting you know i see some people in illinois they're on spring break and it's snowing and stuff so uh it's 96 degrees <laughs> here so we've, we've actually been inside wow. because of not snow but uh a little bit too hot so we're doing some uh some hand-eye coordination some paddles some flipping the pancakes uh just Nice. Enjoying what we can, um, yeah. So we're we're doing, we're getting the getting down in the school year. It's, it's gone by so fast, but uh, we're having fun. Yeah, absolutely, Derek. What about you? How's your week going so far? Uh, my week's going great. Uh, I gotta say though, I was talking to these two earlier, Kyle. And how cool is it that first year teaching they started a podcast about phys ed, and even that they're already on Twitter, already connected, and just kind of you know looking to branch out a little bit. I know my first year, I was just. You know, constantly drowning and not having no idea what I was doing. And just, <laughs> mm -hmm. geez, I got to say, I'm pretty excited to see where you guys go with this. 
<clears throat> yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, you know, that, that growth mindset, willingness to reach out and learn and take that mm -hmm. step. I mean, obviously being on Twitter and, and uh, talking with awesome, awesome people just helps you grow so much. So um, I think that's the first step. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing where this can go. Yeah, it's, sure. it's been it's been kind of crazy. Like when we first started it, we had zero expectations. We almost viewed it more as just like we get a chat with each other for an hour and catch up now that we live in different cities. And if we can provide some insight or advice on teaching, great. But if not, you know, we get a we get an hour a week together just to kind of talk about life. But it's been kind of a whirlwind the first couple of weeks and getting to to talk to some pretty incredible people and have some some really great feedback as well that people are actually kind of taking away some things from this is, is pretty great. Cause obviously first year teachers, we're not even done our first year. I don't even know if we know exactly what's going on. I think we're just trying to almost trying to survive our first year, but this is kind of a nice little way to, to not only hold us accountable, but also kind of to, to keep us learning throughout this experience. Yeah, no, I, I mm -hmm. love it that you guys are doing this. Uh, keep it up. Uh, my week though, uh, I'm trying to think, so I told you I teach three-year-olds all the way to eighth grade. My middle mm -hmm. schoolers right now, we're doing an invasion games unit, which I really nice. like. It's all about, you know, the tactics and strategies of moving through open space and how moving through open space moves the defense and that opens up lanes to cut through. Uh, and that's nice. always one of my favorites just because you start to see the light bulbs click in kids' heads. Uh, mm -hmm. And then with my, with my three-year-olds to seven-year-olds we are doing scooters because it's a little bit of a gap week until we start what they call the focus week at our school and where kids get to vote on a topic in the elementary school of what they want to cover across all content areas and what they voted on was up in the air so every classroom is covering something themed up in the air so starting tomorrow to the end of next week we will be doing parachutes in pe nice uh, and making things go up in the air talking about what makes it go up and it should be a lot of fun by the that way awesome. the most uncomfortable uh unit to teach for me is parachute i don't know why i can't <laughs> admit that to everyone um but yeah, I'll, I'll be hitting up Derek for good ideas when we when we do do that. <laughs> it's probably I feel like tiny gym. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> for me personally, like I like I don't know. Uh, I'm like six three, and every time I do the parachute, I like feel like I raise it way too high, and like <laughs> the kids are like hanging on for dear life. So I feel I kind of feel with you. It's a little awkward. Um, I just want to go back to something really quick. Like Derek, you're saying that you know, in for your first year, you were kind of. Uh, you're just like drowning, like trying to like stay afloat. And I just want to like say really quickly, like as first years for us, like it's like people like you guys that like kind of help us stay afloat, like with everything you post on Twitter or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we, yeah, we would not be here and not be doing this without people like you. So thank you so much. Well, yeah, I mean, that's awesome to hear. Uh, thanks. But honestly, when my first year, my second year, third year, I was in the same shoes. And I remember going on Twitter, seeing people post videos of their teaching, seeing things like Kyle, how he does the reflections of, you know, what he does with his students for behavior management wise, or mm -hmm. even people would just post links uh, to things that, oh my gosh, just, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I wouldn't be as comfortable as I am teaching without that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy in any way, shape or form to give back to people who helped out already. That's awesome. Uh, so kind of moving into some questions, uh, you know, we like to, I mean, I say we like to, but we've only had one interview, uh, <laughs> but we, we kind of, <laughs> kind of like to start from like the beginning and 
feel like you know everyone's story is a little bit different at times so i just we want to start with just kind of what made you guys pursue like a career in teaching like what made you want to get into the profession um was it later on was it you know you've known for you know since you're young uh what kind of has got you to that point kyle if you want to start yeah absolutely my my mom was a teacher and she actually taught at the university i went to illinois state um and she mm. i just saw how she felt so it was so rewarding for her and such an impact she was making and how proud she was how exhausted she was at the end of each day <laughs> but how proud she was for making a difference and i'm like wow i want to i want to do something like that to really kind of make the world a better place and impact as many people as I could can. And uh, I'm really proud I chose it. I think part of the reason why I did physical education in the first place is, you know, I was kind of an athletic kid. I enjoyed being active, but then like in the recent years, since I've started, I've really kind of transitioned to where like you're teaching the whole child and, and making an impact with mm -hmm. the emotional development more. And so I'm really, I feel like I've completely changed my why as far as, you know, not just, because I'm good at it, but because I think I can make a difference, you know, how to, you know, teaching kids how to treat each other, problem solving and getting along with each yeah. other, allowing them to go first, empathy, all that stuff that you can embed within our class. I think that's what I'm really, really proud of. And, and that's, it's kind of interesting how it's kind of changed over the years. Yeah, absolutely. That's like a, that's like the, we always say like the hidden curriculum. Like it's so, so cool that we like teach like so much more than, just like the curriculum says, like all like, you know, like being like motivated or like working as a team or whatever. So yeah, that's, that's an amazing point. Uh, Derek, what about you? What kind of got you into the profession? Yeah. So I don't think I really have a pretty story for this, uh, but honestly, uh, my freshman year of college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I got all the gen ed classes out of the way. And then afterwards, mm -hmm. uh, I realized you know, I could take some like fun activity classes like Kyle. You know, I like to be active. That's always been something I've, you know, had a good time with. Uh, but I started doing that and realized I could major in phys ed and I could play and learn through play. And I realized that would be a really cool thing to get into. And then I told you I took a, well, I didn't say this, but after college, I took uh, two gap years off through an AmeriCorps experience where I got to travel mm -hmm. the country a little bit and do nonprofit work and just, I got to work a lot with kids being the only education major on my team. And one of the things mm -hmm. I got to do was work in a children's hospital in Little Rock, Arkansas. And just nice. seeing like the impact you can have on a kid and just being the best part of their day. That was something that really stuck with me uh, because the thing I got to do there was work with terminally ill patients and their terminally ill children or kids that were in there long-term. And, uh, you know, we would quote unquote normalize their experience, but it would just turn into us playing board games with kids and them just having a buddy to hang out with. And I thought, man, where else can you do that in phys ed and just, you know, continue to be mm -hmm. the best part of a kid's day. I mean, I feel like I'm a superhero going through the hallway. Sometimes mm -hmm. when all the kids start roaring, they're like, Oh, that's Mr. Beal. And like, it's just so fun to be, <laughs> it's so fun to have kids enjoy what you do. And I feel like phys ed is the perfect environment for that. No. It, yeah. I, I love this question personally. Cause I think, from talking to friends and just Brady and I's experience and things like that. I feel like there's almost two extremes. There's some people who like from the beginning, they know they're destined to be a teacher. And then it's like a little later on in life where it wasn't really a career you were expecting to go into. And it's one that you kind of fell in love with. Like I, I mentioned this on, on last week's episode as well. In my experience, like I was 
horrible academically in high school. I just wasn't like motivated or driven whatsoever. And I would just kind of, I thought I would go into trades and it's just kind of stuff that people in my family have always done. And my dad was in the trades for the longest time and there's nothing wrong with that. I just kind of thought, you know, that's just the way my life's going to go. And then I just had some like really, really impactful teachers in my life that I want to say that kind of gave me a good shake, like in the head to like get my act together and start taking things seriously. And to see someone put that much effort into someone who they didn't really know right off the bat and someone that they started to invest so much time in, it just was so inspiring and made me realize that that's something that I could really see myself doing. And it's just, I don't know. I love hearing people's stories about how they became teachers. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, another big thing for me is, especially now that I'm starting to get more active on Twitter and just seeing other people do the stuff they do, it's just seeing how far we can make phys ed come. Uh, right. I feel like, unfortunately, the bar is set kind of low, and I feel like there's so much room for improvement, and I see people doing amazing things, and I want to be a part of that change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that you know we have a chance to you know, some of us teach, whether you teach 80 kids or whether you teach a thousand kids at your school, I mean, it's not many people who can say they make an impact on that many students in one week, you know? So we have a chance to really change some lives. No. And I guess kind of like, I think it's kind of almost a perfect segue, like hearing about wanting to make that change specifically in phys ed, which I think is awesome. Cause I think at times it can kind of get a little bit of a, a negative rap and, uh, a kind of a negative perspective on it compared to some maybe other disciplines that people teach in, but kind of hearing you wanting to make that impact both of you, like what is kind of, if I, if someone was to ask you, what is your kind of teaching philosophy in regards to phys ed and what are your ways that you approach it? What would be kind of like your go-to uh, things that you would mention? You can take this. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think of it as, as teaching students how to be better people and when they're better people, they can accomplish a lot more in their lives, whether it's getting a job or having more friends and teaching how, how, how good it feels to do the right thing. Um, you know, today we were practicing uh, greeting others and how that might look and how we, you know, make eye contact and we either shake their hand or fist bump and, and, you know, say their name to make them feel important. And just those little things that maybe people have missed out in uh, during COVID online. Practicing that, practicing that social interaction and making sure they feel comfortable communicating because that's something they're going to be using for the rest of their lives. Um, today, we were also talking about giving compliments and how we want to give compliments towards things that are controllable, like effort and kindness. You know, we don't like someone for the shirt that they're wearing. Uh, we like them because they're being polite and uh, getting them to understand that, you know what, we can't control everything, but we control our attitude. And if we have that positive attitude, we can accomplish a lot, whether it's in physical education or, or beyond. And and teaching them how to, you know, cope with their emotions and, you know, talking about the zones of regulation and, and, and ways that they can handle when things get tough. Because in life, things are going to get tough, right? So everything that we're doing, there's a reason mm-hmm. behind it. It's We want to make it relevant for them and talk about how you can use it beyond this education and, and going forward uh, with the rest of their lives. No, I mean, I, one thing, Kyle, the entire time there, you didn't talk about you know, teaching skills, developing locomotives, oh, yeah, developing that. coordination, like, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, the kids yeah. will, we're not, we're not trying to build athletes, mm-hmm. right? We're not trying to build mm-hmm. the next LeBron James. That's not our job. We're not coaches. Yeah. We're teachers, right? And I mean, I think a big thing that I really hone in uh, is that if I want kids to continue doing the stuff we do in the classroom, outside of the classroom, it's got to be fun. They got to be motivated. They got to have 
they got to enjoy the experience. So a big thing I really try and emphasize is that, you know, we learn through play and like everything we're doing is based off of, you know, this is something you can do at home. And this is something, if they're having a positive experience in my classroom, then they're going to be more likely to be active outside of school. Uh, but we got to provide them with those positive experiences. And a great way to do that is by doing those things that Kyle was just talking about, right? Like constantly demonstrating and constantly teaching, you know, how to compliment someone. Mm -hmm. uh, Kyle, I think you were, I think you just uh, showed a video the other day about how you uh, were emphasizing that the kids like compliment each other. And you're like, this is something that we focused on right at the beginning, like got a couple extra seconds added how to compliment someone and things like that. That's going to make their experience more enjoyable and more likely to play outside of PE. It's just fantastic to hear. Yeah, totally. I think uh, when you praise things that everyone is capable of doing, as far as you know, everyone can be nice, everyone can listen, everyone can try hard, everyone can you know show empathy if they really want to, then it levels the playing field and it allows everyone to feel success or have a chance to be successful rather than how or you can throw a ball, which obviously takes practice, but so do these other skills. My point is though, you can choose to be kind. You, can, you can't necessarily choose to throw it over the fence, you know what I mean? Right. So when you're praising mm -hmm. things that everyone's capable of doing, then the less skilled feel not, not just physically safe, but emotionally safe in your room. And they're gonna buy into your program because you're not picking favorites on you know, physically skilled athletes, you're teaching mm -hmm. everyone and you're making sure everyone has a chance to be successful. Brady, I know you're gonna hop in there with a the question, but I just wanted to say like, I think, I think like deep down, you always kind of know that stuff. Like we're there to just truly just make better humans, but it's so kind of like what Derek said. It's just crazy just to hear that. And like, that's the first thing that like your goal is. And it's, it's who cares? Well, obviously you care about the locomotor skills and non-locomotor and all that stuff. But just to, I really love the way you put that of like, if you can like praise things that everybody can do, it just makes it such a better environment and better learning experience. Yeah, and then other things come more naturally, right? So if they're if they're if you practice listening and you practice looking at the speaker, then they'll be able to accomplish a lot more because they'll be able to hear the direction for the first time. So then they have more time to practice the locomotors, right? So it's not like we're doing one or the other. We're actually teaching that uh, skill of listening, and then mm -hmm. they're able to accomplish a lot more because they've listened in the future. So it's actually helping them be better at locomotors because they have more time to, to practice. Right. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I had like a, a checklist on that I wrote on my whiteboard uh, like a while back, just like saying like, like, these are the things that you know, kind of we're marking on but like, at the bottom, like is skill because like, cooperation, effort, participation, like all that, like, being a good person, like being a good teammate, like all that matters, like, so much more. And I think even even with teaching skill, it's like, you're teaching the kids to like, be motivated to like, get better. And like, motivated to challenge themselves so that they can you know challenge themselves in other aspects in life too and motivate themselves uh in there so yeah no um, well well said uh moving on one of the biggest things i mean in phys ed is is classroom management you know it's it's half the times a zoo in there um we were just wondering if either you guys have like i know everyone has their own tricks but if you guys had just something that that helps classroom management for you guys something to kind of tell uh, our listeners that will help their classroom. You can take that one, Derek. Okay. Uh, I mean, for me, the easiest thing right off the bat, and I, I hope a lot of people are doing this already, but I know I just presented at a conference and asked this question. I got pretty low hand raising. 
Uh, but the easiest thing to start is just it, as soon as they walk in and as soon as you say go, the music's on. So using music as a start and stop single has been huge. Uh, a, especially, I don't know what your guys' mask regulations are, but at the private school, Matt, for a while, we just started going mask optional, like maybe three weeks ago. And we mm -hmm. had a little microphone that would, you know, the Garth Brooks headset, as I call it, or Britney Spears headset, the microphone yeah. that would go on your like stomach. <laughs> uh, between that, having a mask with the mic over top, kids can't hear you when you say, all right, ready, set, go. Uh, but kids mm -hmm. can hear music and music's easy. It's motivating. Uh, one thing I like to do is I have a little QR code set up outside the gymnasium where kids, as they exit the, for the building, they can just scan it and they can request songs to it. So it's great when kids see that, you know, their song that they requested is playing for PE. Uh, and it's just one of those things that a kid hears that and they're like, I put this song on. And it's one of those things, <laughs> just that hook, line and sinker for the kid to buy into your program. Mm. So, I mean, it sounds simple, but mm -hmm. music's been key just for starting and stopping. And also I think I saw JD Hughes was the person I got it from, but, uh, he's another Twitter person. Uh, I think it's PE to the max on Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. but he does a thing when the music stops, everybody stops what they're doing. They drop to the ground, so they take a knee is what I say, and we also drop our equipment, and then they listen. And, you know, with listening, it's the whole body listening, you know, eyes on the speaker, ears on the speaker. Uh, but that has solved so many behavior management issues, especially with, I was telling you guys my former teaching schedule of having 60 kids in a gym by myself. So yeah. once you get the start and stop signals down, it makes life so much easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's absolutely. awesome. I love that. Uh... Oh, sorry. I, I just have one thing. I was, I was just thinking about, uh, I was trying to plan, uh, I was thinking like having like a box where they could put in song requests. So the fact that you have the QR code, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's such a sweet idea. Uh, sorry, Kyle, you can, you can go. No, you're good. That is a good idea. Um, I think kind of going back to what we said before about how like popular physical education teachers can be. And I think like we, that gives us an advantage to be a little bit, uh, harder on the kids uh, we can challenge mm -hmm. them because they already love us uh, we're already putting mm -hmm. the time in to build those relationships with kids so they're willing to work that extra mile take the extra mile for us because of the relationship we put in um, so use that to our advantage and tell them we're challenging you because a we know you can do it you, we know you're capable of doing it and b we accept challenges because it makes us feel good and that's how we learn and grow so we're you know teaching them to keep on challenging themselves instead of being content where they're at but as far as, um, you know, the, the behavior management or whatever, classroom management, making sure that you practice those things that you want them to do. For example, at the beginning of the year, practice communicating, practice problem solving within a game. So maybe you play a warm-up game that you're, you know, you have your four corners, your four bases, and you play, you practice greeting someone at your base, and you can play rock, paper, scissors. And then, you know, if you win, you can move on to the next base, but you say, great game, nice to play with you, see you later. So embedding those concepts within games, I think it's really key, but, you know, let's say you want them to come in uh, and get started right away. Okay. So show me, show them where their home spot is, demonstrate how that's going to look and praise it when it happens. So don't just ignore it, praise it, say, you know what? I love how you started right away. That maximizes our time. And then everyone's going to start doing that because remember, everyone's capable of doing that. Anyone can come in and start right away, um, but that needs to be practiced. Um, you know, let's say you're going to do a mindful minute tell them okay you have 10 seconds when i say go you have 10 seconds to get from there to there and make sure they know where they're going point at it 
I have the students point at where they're going. And then, you know, mm -hmm. 10, 9, 8, and then they get there. Okay, if they didn't get it, we'll practice it again, right? And then the reason why we're doing it again is because we want to save time in the future. I'm like, okay, who wants the extra minute in game time? And they all raise their hand, right? So practicing those transitions and making sure they're efficient will actually save time in the future. Um, you know, when I say freeze, they drop their equipment. They take two steps away from the equipment, and that allows them to not be tempted to touch it. We talk about if there's a cookie in front of your face, you're going to want to eat it, right? But if the cookie is, yeah. you know, 10 feet away, hiding behind a in the cupboard, then you're not tempted to eat it, right? So, you know, mm -hmm. talking about how to how to freeze, what that looks like, why is that important to, to face the speaker, um, just things like that. So practice those those routines, make them consistent, and make sure they understand why they're doing it, not because you're being mean, but because you want them to have more learning time and more engagement time, and uh, then praising that when it happens, right? So they're going to do it in the future. No, yeah, I think especially in terms of, <clears throat> of that like that consistency is key and I love kind of bringing in my students obviously because I'm up in the a little bit older in terms of the middle school almost kind of using them and having them create kind of that consistency and that philosophy within the classroom because I find when there's a little bit more of that collaboration as well there there is a little bit more of that buy-in too compared to just like this is the rules and this is kind of the way it is where like you said almost they, they kind of need to know they do need to know the why and if they can be a part of that why I find they it just starts them off on such a great foot because they feel as almost as if they have a hand in what's going on in the class. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we call them essential agreements and we talk about it at the beginning, like, okay, how do you want physical education to run this year? Do you want people to be nice, mean? What do you want? Of course, they're going to say nice. Um, so we talk about, okay, that's respectful. All right, so what do we do when someone's talking? Okay, we look at them. That's also respectful. Um, when we move, should we, you know, how do we want to move? Do we want to be safe? Okay, yes, we do. So let's make sure we are in bubble space. Um, you know, do you want people to have smiles on their faces or no? Do you want people to be happy? Okay, so that's kind of grateful, right? Just being happy that we're playing a game. We talk about how, you know, we talk about in Chicago snowing the other day. And, you know, I, I'm guessing they wish they could play the games we were playing uh, outside, right? So just being grateful mm -hmm. for what we have. And then everything else kind of runs a little bit more smoothly because people have that positive attitude. So, yeah, you're totally right as far as essential agreements and making sure they understand why they're having them and making sure they have some sort of buy-in and, and so if they have to sit out, okay, then we talk to them about it, but they essentially made those rules, right? So they, uh, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm punishing them. They created the rule. So it's almost like they're mm -hmm. understanding a little bit more now because they're involved in it. Right. And I, uh, Derek, I think kind of you briefly were touching on some COVID things and I know the, you brought up the mass policy and up here in Canada, at least where Brady and I are in Alberta, it's, it's pretty, uh, there's no more mass mandate kind of like you it's it's optional i think more students and teachers and, and staff are kind of doing it um more on like a comfortability kind of level of if they feel good but uh, covid is obviously thrown kind of a big wrench and everything and um i think it's also made a lot of teachers be pretty resourceful and i remember brady and i can relate or brady can relate to it too we both did our last practicum at pretty much the start of covid we got shut down in our second student teaching experience because covid began and we were in like full lockdown and then we had to do our internship full fled when, when covid was at its kind of peak and i'm just kind of curious i'd love to hear from kind of both of you have you noticed a big difference specifically in your students in terms of engagement in phys ed um after covid kind of before like have you noticed a big change in them maybe has it become a little bit easier to get them to buy in because they were ramped up and kind of caged in for so long or has it been a little bit harder to get them back into that groove? Uh, I mean, for me, it's kind of a tough, tough question because when COVID first started, I was out in Illinois 
And I was, I think I wrapped up my second to last year at the school being full virtual. Mm. Uh, and I think, yeah, we ended it fully virtual. Uh, graduation for fifth grade was fully virtual. And then that following fall was my last year there. And we were started virtual and we were completely virtual until February. And then kids started to come back in waves. So we did like, you know, 50% back, 50% at home, 70% back. And I think at the end of the year, it was probably 80% back, 20% at home. And I started to note a difference then. But then as soon as that happened, I wrapped it up and I moved to a brand new school in New York. And those students that I have now in New York, uh, they never went virtual through any of it. Uh, which blows my mind. I think they might have did virtual for two weeks, but then they went back full in person in the building with these crazy protocols. Uh, so it's really tough for me to answer that. But I know my kids in Illinois, they were so grateful that first time they were able to come back in the building. And it was just like to see the their eyes widen, to see some of the first graders at the time who haven't come into a building uh, was just so heartwarming because you could just see that they were so grateful to be back. Uh, and it was funny because you'd see first graders come into the building, but then they'd have, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but like the mommy attachment uh, scenario going mm -hmm. on where I miss my mom and like, <laughs> when am I going to go home? Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, oh, I yeah. never saw this stuff before. So it was just such an interesting dynamic. But I know I've heard from PE teachers that I still talk to in Illinois that just behaviors have been through the roof mm -hmm. uh, with students this year. And I... I hate to be the 1%, but honestly, my kids at my new building are, they're pretty fantastic. Uh, I'm in a very lucky spot uh, and everyone's really kind, really grateful all the time. So I'm probably a bad one to, <laughs> to ask this question too, to be fair. Hopefully Kyle's got something a little better. Uh, so yeah, I, I noticed that they had a tough time in general, the people that are online uh, all year. Of interacting and that's you know even more of a reason to practice that social interaction and making mm -hmm. sure they have times to experience that right I, I hate going out to recess and seeing kids just like you know sitting there or not you know not having fun not talking you know reading's great but I think recess is a great time to get up and move and uh, you know we can read later but and interact with people and um, I've noticed too physical skills have been uh, a little lower for the people well for everyone really I mean We've been on a computer a lot, right? So um, we're kind of having to start from scratch a little bit as far as, you know, you know, throwing, catching. Maybe if it's a second grade class, I might have to do some first grade, uh, you know, challenges. I don't tell them that, of course, but uh, starting from basic and then progressing up. Um, so some second grade classes might be doing first grade stuff while someone's doing, some others are doing third grade stuff, right? So just you know, differentiating between each class, understanding that everyone learns at their own pace and just being prepared, um, you know, if they are struggling with some with some basic things that they might not have experienced due to COVID, that we're, we're ready to meet, uh, meet them where they're at. Nice, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's crazy. And uh, one thing that I mean is like so important, uh, kind of in phys ed, but it's just in teaching in general. Um, just kind of building on what we're all what we've been saying, uh, checking for understanding, right? Like, and that's something that I feel like as a student teacher, um, I had. I, I don't know, like, that's something I had to learn, like to how to check for understanding, um, to make sure they knew what I was doing. You know, I, I found a lot of times I was sending them off and they had no idea what was going on or they didn't know how to play the game. Uh, so to help, like, just with that, our listeners, like what are some methods that you guys use to just 
just kind of do the quick checks of understanding whether it's in instructions or whether it's uh, during the activity during the game. Yeah, uh, you can go ahead, Kyle. I use I use callbacks a lot. So if we're flicking the pancake today, we'll say flick with your wrist, and then they'll show using their wrist because they don't have a big arm swing. It'll go crazy. So you know they're saying it, but once they're saying it, they're actually doing it with pretend equipment. So once they do mm-hmm. it with pretend equipment, you can see that they're ready for equipment, right? So if they're dribbling, if we're if we haven't got the basketball out yet, they're gonna show how to dribble without the basketball. And I say, Oh, I love how you're pushing your pretend ball. You're ready to go. You know what I mean? So the callbacks, mm-hmm. the pretend equipment. I also like to have them point at where they're going. So if they're at stations, uh, I always say point at where you're gonna go next. And then I'll say, mm-hmm. I'll have them repeat after me, say, take everyone with you. And then like, take, I don't know, just to keep them together. You know what I mean? So just pointing, yeah. uh, you know, I might say, point at the cone that you're going to, you're going to go to if you get tagged. And they point at it, uh, you know, point at someone that had a smile on their face today. And then they point at that person to recognize that person. Um, so I think pointing can be good. Um, you know, just making, sh- sometimes I joke around with them, right? Like everyone pointed at the pink cone and they're like, that's not pink. And then. Oh, I'm sorry, green cone. Um, and then that joke also made them, uh, that also proves since they got the joke, they, they knew no they're paying attention because they know it was the wrong color for the cone. So sometimes using mm-hmm. some jokes as a, as a way to check for understanding. But um, yeah, what about you, Derek? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, literally the pretend equipment all day. That is, I'm trying to think, I want to say Ben Landers had a video about that uh, forever ago. That I watched because he was talking about using jump rope and he was like, pro tip, before jumping rope, use your pretend jump rope. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So now I do that with literally everything. Even when we're, I use a lot of visuals for when I teach. So, and I know Kyle does too, but I'll have like a gif of like, uh, so today we did for instant activity before scooters. Uh, we did a little crazy taco tag, which is super simple, but I have like a gif of, you know, if you get tagged by, so a kid or a tagger is holding a crazy taco, which is basically a poly spot with a beanbag inside and they have a noodle and that makes them crazy. So they have to tag people. So if you get <laughs> tagged by the person with the crazy taco, you drop your equipment at their feet, they pick it up. And I have a gif of that happening. So like, while I'm explaining it, I'm pointing at the screen, showing it. I'm also demonstrating it because I know that there's not going to be 100% of the kids' eyes on me while I'm demonstrating that. A lot of the kids will be looking Mm -hmm. at the screen anyways. So they're getting that visual as we're talking about it. And then I say, after you pick it up, you're the new tagger. And showing those visuals like that makes it go by super quick. But, for example, while we're doing that, I say, all right, everyone, grab your imaginary crazy taco. And they all grab their imaginary crazy taco. And then I say, pretend to tag the person next to you. And then they all do it, drop, and they pick up an imaginary piece. But just having that imaginary equipment has been so helpful. Uh, I will say one other thing uh, is after you know we do our inside activity, we always talk about our learning target for the day. So I have up on the screen, what are we learning? Why are we learning? And how do you know you'll learn it? And whatever I have written in the how do you know you'll learn it. So today for scooters, it was about working safely with a partner because we were doing human bowling with scooters. So the kids were pushing the kids into the bowling pins and knocking them down. So we talked about how to mm-hmm. do that safely, how to have your hands inside the hand guards, how to push uh, at the shoulders or back, not on someone's head, and how to receive feedback from the person who's being pushed if you're going too fast or too slow. So, uh, but anyways, whatever's written in that how, I always have a visual up on the end of the, at the end of the lesson saying, 
how did you do? And then there's a not yet, an almost, a got it, and a wow. And it's just kind of reemphasizing, you know, if the kids understood what I was trying to get them to learn that day and if they learned it or not. So they mimic one of the four visuals up on the screen showing if they understood what they learned that day and the got it for that day, they put their arms up like they're making a muscle. And then it says, I work safely with my partner. And maybe the wow is I work safely with my partner and had a good attitude. The almost would be, I work safely most of the time. The not yet would be, I did not work safely with my partner yet. Uh, but just kind of going back to that, did you understand what the learning target was today? Did you understand if you learned it or not? And then if I see that all my kids are at a not yet or an almost, then obviously we need to revisit something because you know, I wasn't a successful teacher that day. Parker, uh, do you want to go with the last question? Yeah. we First off, thank you guys so much for just taking the time. I don't want to take up too much, but uh, we love learning just from phys ed teachers, especially kind of all over the world, not just within Canada for ourselves. But I guess if there was just kind of like one I don't know, big piece of advice or something that, especially to us as first year teachers and a lot of our listeners are first year teachers, what is something um, that you could kind of give them in order, it, it, you could give them in terms of advice, in, in terms of trying to make this, um, make teaching phys ed a better experience and a, and a better um, environment for the students? What would be kind of like your takeaway or something that we really should focus on as new educators? I think you're doing the first part of just collaborating with with people that are passionate about education and learning as much as you can. I think that's great. I think some people are a little bit hesitant to do that because they think it, they think of that as weakness. If you're asking for help, I think you need to ask for help. I'll ask Derek for help all the time and a lot of people uh, for help. We have a group chat of like 50 teachers and we're constantly like, Hey, what would you do if you did this? You know, if this happens, what would you do? And then boom, someone's willing to help you. So uh, don't think of it as a weakness. Think of it as a sign or a way to improve and then therefore help your students, right? So if you help yourself, you help your students. Um, and I would just, you know, go back to uh, routines and making sure you're, you're talking about the why and you practice those routines, the transitions and all those, because, you know, if, if you don't have those transitions, you're basically, you know, not allowing your students to have enough time to practice those skills. By the way, we have, we don't have enough time anyways, but let's at least maximize our time by making sure we're efficient with our time and, and, uh, just doing whatever you can to make sure it's relevant and meaningful for them. So if we're doing jump rope, okay, so how what, what part of our body is it helping? Okay, the heart. I like basketball. Do you need a healthy heart to play basketball? Yes, you do. So jump rope is actually benefiting you in basketball. So now I just made it relevant when they might not have known there's a connection there, right? So making connections with them, uh, just building those relationships, um, talking to them beyond just class, making sure you show that you love them and care about them in math and in reading and checking in with them on that. So just, you know, making sure you're there for them, maximizing your time and, and reaching out for to other teachers for help is what I would say. Yeah, I definitely love the collaboration piece, especially, you know, if you are first year, second year, still learning what you're doing, uh, ask, ask advice. That's what Twitter's there for. That's what listening to these podcasts is there for. Uh, but I think a big thing that hits home for me is just be passionate about what you do. You know, realize we have one of the best jobs in the world. I mean, how cool is it that you know, I say it all the time, but we're the best part of a kid's day and just realize the impact that you're making on them and these kids look up to you. You know, take what you do very seriously. Uh, you know, like Kyle said, we have the benefit of being like that superhero figure in the hallway and these kids are going to see you and see every action you do and just, you know, 
be a leader by example. Show them what to do. Treat them kindly when you see them out at recess. Go sit down, have lunch with them. Uh, if you can, go to their sporting events. You know, check out what they're doing outside of school. Ask some questions about outside of school. What they're looking for is they're just looking for someone to connect with in a fun environment. And I feel like we have a really good opportunity to do that for kids. So we should. And I see sometimes I see the opposite where I just see, you know, their co teachers coming in just for the, you know, I show up at 830, I leave at 330 every day. And this is my, you know, nine to five, quote unquote, and I'm just here for the paycheck. And it's just this. is Oh, sorry, I think I muted myself. <laughs> But no, this is such a cool job and just realize that we have such an impact on others and, you know, take it with, uh, just be passionate about what you do. I'll just really awesome. quick, I think of a well, quote that says, sorry, I'll just, can I give one more quote? It's, uh, it makes me kind of yeah, of course. passionate. It says, you know, of all the subjects in, in school, PE is the only one that has the potential to affect how a person will feel every moment of every mm -hmm. day for the rest of his or her life. And we have we have a, such an important job that it's so important to be passionate about it and take it seriously. Yes, we want to have fun, but yet we have the ability to affect thousands of kids' lives as far as maybe how long they live, right? Making sure we, we teach mm -hmm. them how to love movement and things like that, right? And be that role model that every student deserves because not every kid has that at home. So just you know, being there for them, showing, showing up every day, being proud of what you're doing and just making sure that you're providing the best instruction possible. Awesome. Well, well said. Um, I feel like I speak for Parker and I, I mean, uh, I've learned so much this interview, so I'm sure our listeners will, will as too, and I think they'll be appreciative. So thank you so much to both of you guys for coming on. Thank you for taking time out of your night to kind of talk to us. And I really hope we can kind of continue this uh, connection on and continue to share ideas. Uh, I don't know if you guys wanted to, kind of plug your Twitter or anything else real quick. Uh, Kyle, if you wanted to go, just kind of mention Twitter or any other resources. Yeah, yeah I appreciate you guys so much. It's always good to talk to, to teachers. Um, yeah, my Twitter is E-L-E-M-P-E-1. E-L-E-M-P-E-1. I'm ha happy to collaborate with anybody. So thank you. Yeah, uh, and thanks again for having me on. I uh, appreciate it. This has been awesome. And honestly, love what you guys are doing. And I'm looking forward to listening to more of this stuff. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at at Mr. Beals P.E. That's M-R-B-I-E-H-L-S-P-E. Uh, but, yeah, happy to help. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, guys. It's been awesome. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Well, thank you so much again to Kyle and Derek. Uh, once again, speechless. What do we even what can we say Parker? like the it's just amazing like the information that they give like the knowledge that they have it's 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 a, it's a joke how good it is well i just feel bad that our listeners have to now come back and just listen to us like i feel like we could have chatted with those boys for another hour they're just so incredibly sure. insightful and they were the ones providing the value in this podcast um so no, I just, yeah, thanks to both Derek and Kyle so much for even coming on. And I think it's just a really great example of how collaborative the education community is because without interviewing with Ben to start, we never would have even heard from these guys. And luckily we were able to kind of establish that connection and relationship through Ben to find Kyle and Derek. And they were so willing and excited and passionate to come on and speak to us that 
uh, we're looking forward to what happens after this next episode and, and to, to search for an, another incredible teacher to interview. Yeah, it's uh, it was amazing. I think we probably should just like give them the keys to the podcast. Yeah, they said yeah, how they wanted to do a podcast. We should have just been like, you here you no go. More. <laughs> you have ours, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> no way more. Uh, no, there's, it was such a good conversation. Um, hopefully we can kind of stay connected. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. And I can't wait to see who we have next week. And if you think we have a plan, you better believe we don't. So if you want to, <laughs> if you want to be a part of this, if you want to be a part of the podcast, um, you know, always reach out. We're always looking to, to make some new connections uh, and keep on going. Well, Parker, is there anything else you want to say before we kind of, kind of end off no brady thank the followers and listeners in the first episode so i'll do it here just a big thanks to everybody who's been tuning in the support we got both on facebook and twitter and all the streaming services have been just phenomenal and um has been such a blast um doing this with brady so far and just the support we've gone has meant a lot so we'd love it if you could follow us on both of our main social media platforms first is twitter at teach academy pod you can follow us there, stay up to date with everything what's going on in the teaching world and who our uh, future guests are going to be. And then you can also find our Facebook page, which is just the Teaching Academy. And we would love to hear from you. I've been preaching this for a couple weeks now. We would love to just get some some reviews uh, from our guests out there and from our, our listeners just to kind of keep us accountable and keep us reflective in how we're doing and things you might want to hear differently or things you might want us to start doing. And any feedback you can give us uh, would just mean the world. So thank you so much. And we are looking forward to episode six. All right, friends. Well, I hope you guys have literally the best day of your lives. And class is finally dismissed.